We've got a, okay, there we go. Uh, so this Sunday service, uh, this message today is about um, thankfulness and being thankful. Um, I actually did this sermon uh, this day last year. And uh, as I was getting ready to write this sermon, <clears throat> I had a little guy on this shoulder that was telling me just to go ahead and reread what I wrote last year. Um, those that were listening probably don't remember, could probably get away with it. But then on this shoulder, I had just this little voice in my ear saying, maybe this is your second shot at it. Maybe you ought to do a little bit more, get it right. Maybe God's telling you to go a little deeper. So if you do happen to remember any of last year's sermon, you might, recommend, right, might recognize some of this, especially the first half. But the second half does the attempt to get a little deeper into it. But I titled it Natural Life Alignment, which will make more sense hopefully by the end of the sermon. And the subtitle is Hindsight is Great, but Binoculars are Better. I'm going to start with reviewing three passages of Scripture, talk about each one of them, uh, and then I'm going to tell you a little story that might help drive the last one home. And then I have an analogy I want to share with you, and then we'll finish with some more Scripture. So our first verse we're going to go through is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. I'm going to read some of this so I don't get it wrong. Rejoice always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The next slide there is, I love the message. I don't know if anybody's ever read that book or gotten a hold of it, but it breaks down every verse and speaks to me in language that I understand better. So I want to share essentially the translation. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. And then I want to break down a little bit more with, with uh, some of the notes. Regardless of difficult circumstances, a Christian always has grounds for rejoicing. The Lord is a sovereign ruler and will accomplish his purpose. Christian joy is not based on circumstances, but on a growing awareness of God and the certain future of eternal life with Christ. Paul exhorts the Thessalonians to maintain a faithful prayer life like his own. Praying without ceasing does not mean praying consistently, but being persistent and consistent in prayer. Thankfulness should characterize the Christian life in every circumstance. Not thanks for everything, but thanks in everything. Paul states this is the will of God. An Old Testament example of this is when Job lost his money, his children, and his health. He blessed the name of God in spite of his personal tragedies, not because of them. And nothing speaks more powerfully of a walk with God than continuous thankfulness. We'll go to James. James, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Again, I, I go back to the message because it explains it in words I understand better. So my very dear friends, don't get thrown off course. Every desirable and beneficial gift comes out of heaven. The gifts are rivers of light cascading down from the Father of light. There is nothing deceitful in God, nothing two-faced, nothing fickle. He brought us to life using the true word showing us off as the crown of his creature, creatures. It's funny because here in, in the Greek, when you break it down, uh, the Greek text, there are two separate words to define God's giving. The first is dosis, which means the act of giving, and is accompanied by the adjective good. While the second, 
dorema, I think it's how you say it, denotes the actual gifts received and is preceded by the adjective great. The first expression emphasizes the goodness of receiving something from God, while the second, the perfect quality of whatever God gives. God's giving is continuously good and his gifts are always perfect. And we'll go over to Psalms. This one we'll have some fun with. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Two things happen to me every time I read this. First, I want to sing. I want to sing the, the song that we all remember, right? Sunday school. Uh, if it's not in every Sunday school, it ought to be. Uh, I won't sing it with you. But the other thing that reminds me of is a saying we had in the military, that every day is a holiday and every meal is a banquet. And I want to tell you a, a quick story that was told to me to help explain this. And the story is uh, a middle-aged guy, uh, and his, he has a daughter, and his daughter's pregnant. And she's getting ready to give birth any day, uh, any minute, actually. Uh, and this guy's boss calls him and says, listen, I need you to travel to the West Coast immediately. You have to go. And he tries to plead with his boss. I can't. Like, you know, my, my first grandchild is coming. And essentially, the boss says, well, if you don't go, you lose your job. So he leaves. He has to go. And of course, within 24 hours of him being gone, his wife calls him, daughter's in labor. So he immediately drops everything, tries to catch a plane home. And of course, the airline has him coming through Atlanta for some reason to get back to Ohio. But he struggles to, to make it on board. And in fact, there's some delays, and he gets to Atlanta and misses the connecting flight. As a result, he has to stay in a hotel, but he's not alone. A lot of people got stuck, so the only hotel is left are some dive somewhere, some motel that has a free continental breakfast, but other than that, it's not the place you want to stay. So he gets there, he crashes out, doesn't get much sleep, but he wakes up in the morning to a phone call from his wife about 6 o'clock that says he missed it, that uh, his daughter gave birth to a son, his first grandchild, and so he's very upset. He uh, immediately gets a second phone call from his boss letting him know that he's fired because he left and made it try to make it back home. So he decides to go to the lobby and get this free continental breakfast that he's getting, uh, which is essentially day-old coffee and uh, toast, except the toaster's broken. <clears throat> but as he's sitting there, he sees the news on the TV and the breaking news is some plane crash. And he realizes that that plane crash was the connecting flight he was supposed to be on. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> so immediately at that moment, what would typically be defined as a pretty crummy day and a horrible meal becomes a holiday and a banquet. So I, I tell that story because I think it's a great way for perspective on, on how we view things we should be thankful for. Um, the things are a little bit more difficult to be thankful for, like hindsight things, and I'll get into that. I think there's essentially three levels of thankfulness. There's the beginner level of thankfulness, which I think is the next slide. There's the intermediate and then the advanced. We'll talk just about the beginner level. These are the, the easy things to be thankful for. You ask anybody, what are you thankful for? It's the good stuff, right? It's your family, job, success, health, relationships, good ones, love, assuming you've found the one you love. But then you've got the intermediate level. The intermediate level is the hindsight thankfulness. 
And we talked a little bit about this last year, if you remember. We talk about family. We've got like some family feuds or problems that have happened in the family, but, but they got resolved. The outcome was essentially good. Uh, lost jobs. I've, I had a, several crummy jobs before I found a career I liked. Unsuccessful endeavors. Believe me, I've had some bad ideas along the way. <laughs> I'm pretty glad it didn't work out. Illness, disease. You know, uh, for me, I have ADHD, um, which uh, was horrible in school, but when I started getting into trouble, I, I got bored quick and didn't stick with anything too bad for too long. Bad relationships. I think we can all reflect on some bad relationships that helped us grow, move forward. Again, in hindsight, they were probably a good, good thing for us. And failed love. I, I say this one loosely. I, when I was a young man, I was in love like every other month. I mean, there was somebody that I was just in love with. I'm glad it didn't work out because I found the love of my life later in life. But these are the, the hindsight, the, the intermediate level. We have to give it some thought, maybe reflect on it and say, hey, you know what? That wasn't so bad. But it brings me to my next point. Hindsight. Hindsight's great, but binoculars are better. That'll be the next slide. There we go. This is the advanced level. Um, <clears throat> this essentially, no, I'm sorry. Let's go back a slide. I, you're right. I made a mistake. Here we go. That was, that was essentially last year's message. Got you through the, the beginning and the intermediate levels. And, and the challenge last year was to think about all the things that weren't so good and how they turned out to be good. But as I reviewed last year's, I started thinking about how far did that carry you? I mean, when you left here, how much value was that? You know, the beginner level, the intermediate level, was it enough? Because really, even non-believers are thankful for all those simple things, and they can look back and see the value in those things that took time to turn out good. Now we'll go to the next level. But this is where hindsight is great, but binoculars are better. Like I said, we talked about the easy stuff. We covered the intermediate level. And uh, being able to be thankful for those troubles that have passed, and they turn out to be not so bad. But what about the present? The things that we would usually wait to see how they turn out before we're thankful. How thankful are we in the middle of the hard stuff, the tragedies, the troubles? Because that's the advanced level of thanks thankfulness. Like I said, hindsight's great, but binoculars of faith are much better. God's will will be done. Why wait until you get over it to be thankful for that? The word doesn't say thankful for everything, but thankful in everything. We need to position our heart for thankfulness. But how? So we get to the next slide. And this is where I get a little, uh, <clears throat> I was a little nervous about my message. Because uh, for me, I tried to explain concepts or I ideas based on the things that I know or feel comfortable with, which isn't very many things. But uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I am a Marine, once a Marine always a Marine, um, which basically meant I was good at a few things. Uh, I was okay at following orders. I was fantastic running a mop. And I was pretty good with a rifle. Uh, in fact, I, I held, I would say a hold, but I held an expert rifleman badge. That means at one point uh, when I was much younger, I was in the top 1% of all armed government officials in the United States. It was pretty impressive. However, now I'm the guy who can hardly read the menu at lunch. 
But 100 years ago, I was, I was something else. But to achieve that medal, to get from the sharpshooter to the expert, basically boils down to one portion of the rifle range, and that's the 500 yards. And I was able to hit 10 out of 10, 500 yards with no scope. It was pretty, pretty amazing. However, there was one skill, this is not a sermon on shooting, by the way. There was one skill called natural sight alignment that made that possible. And that's what I want to focus in is that natural sight alignment and then apply it to our lives the best that I can. Um, <clears throat> natural sight alignment, I'll try to explain this. So at the 500 yard mark on the range, um, you lay down in the prone position, which is essentially on your belly. Excuse me. It's typically in the mud. I'm not sure why it's always in the mud, but you lay on your belly in the mud, and you get yourself in position and relax. And then you look through your sights. And if you're on target, great. If you're not on target, which you won't be, you make adjustments to your body. You don't make adjustments to the weapon, you make adjustments to your body. You move yourself, and then you relax again. And you repeat this until in a relaxed position, you're right on target. And the reason you do that is so that when you fire and there's recoil, you get jolted, you fall right back into your natural position. You don't want to muscle the weapon in because you'll hit the target some of the time, but you'll get tired. You won't be able to consistently do that. There will always be a recoil, and that recoil resets everything. Every time that hits, you got to start over. Uh, of course, then the caliber that you're shooting with will definitely have an impact on how much of that recoil there is. But to have a good natural sight alignment, the most important thing is getting aligned and relaxing. So we'll switch to the next one. The concept, the reason I share that is because the concept I'm trying to go with today is the natural life alignment. If we were to position, we need to position our, our whole being focused on having a thankful heart. Once you're in position, relax. Check your sights. Are you truly thankful in all things? If not, move, adjust. Can't try to muscle yourself in to being thankful when it's not natural. You won't be consistent. It might work a couple times, but not 10 for 10. You don't adjust the situation to your aim, but you adjust your aim to the situation. And there will always be recoil in life, especially depending on the caliber of what you're dealing with. But a good natural life alignment requires you to do only one thing, just to relax. Relax, and you'll be back on target for having a truly thankful heart. So we'll go to our practical application. All, all lessons that have anything to do with the military always end with a practical application. You get the theory, what are we doing? Now, how do we do it? It's simple, position yourself to shoulder the recoil without losing the target. Things will happen. Stay thankful. And then relax, relax. Smile, laugh, sing, love. And this is my favorite, especially for the holiday coming up. Measure the mess in the kitchen against the flavor of the food. And thank God every day in all things. Um, in closing, I want to reread May's uh, reading. By the way, thank you, Mama, for reading. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. 
Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, I am so thankful for another shot at presenting this message to your people. Help us, Father, to see your will in our lives. Let us remember that receiving your gifts is good and all your gifts are perfect. Sharpen our eyesight and focus to remain fixed on your plan for our lives. Let our hearts not be troubled in times of transition or tragedy. Instead, fill our hearts with thankfulness in knowing that you are with us. Help us to forgive in the way we want to be forgiven and find comfort in your word. In your son's precious name, amen.